Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. It is me, Mother Miriam, and I am live. This is not an encore. I'm doing better by the day, and I'm so thrilled to be with you. And so uh, anteriorly sickened at the news day by day, day by day. Um, And so um, what do I tell you? Um, Some years ago, um, John Paul II uh, said that as the family goes, so goes the nation and so goes the whole world in which we live. That was Pope John Paul II during his time. As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. John Paul II did not make that up. Saint Pope, Saint John Paul II did not come to that himself. That has been God's design from the very beginning, to build his kingdom through the family, through no other means but through the family. from which we get the church and the state. Without the family, there is no church and state, and there's no civilization. And so it is the family that is key. Uh, If we don't know it, the enemy does. And so that has been his target to destroy right from the beginning. The John Paul II um, Institute, let's see, Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family was founded at the... um, Catholic University of America, and I'm looking for the year. I don't see it. The mission of the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family is, one, to provide a comprehensive understanding of person, marriage, and family, faithful to the Catholic tradition in light of the teachings of the Second Vatican Council and Pope John Paul II, and reciprocally, to explore the implications of this understanding for the whole theology and philosophy, all by means of a multidisciplinary education centered in theology and philosophy and integrated integrated in light of John Paul II's notion of man and woman as an embodied, embodied, sexually differentiated communion of persons created in the image of God and destined for a state of life. Um, There's so much here. Um, Let me read the secondly. It was established to develop a critical understanding. I'm reading this right from their mission on their website. To develop a critical understanding of issues on marriage and family, biotechnology and ethics in light of Western modern assumptions regarding the human person as these bear on the nature and dignity of human life, and the transcendental meaning of beauty, truth, and goodness in a way that fosters a unity of theory and pastoral practice at the service of the church's new evangelization. And they go on to prepare a pontifical degree programs and graduate programs, um, significant research and all of that. 
And the reason that I'm mentioning that this morning um, is because last month, LifeSite News had an article on the new head of the John Paul II Institute, a marriage uh, institute, who suggests that the church must change its definition of family. You might recall that a while back, Pope Francis sent a team of so-called scholars to destroy the um, John Paul II Institute for Marriage and the Family, fired the faithful theologians and staff, and put in his own people who are set on destroying marriage and the family. Um, The new head, this title is, the new head of the John Paul II Marriage Institute suggests church must change its definition of family. So if you are offended for what I just said, that the Holy Father sent in a team to fire the faithful Catholic theologians and teachers and professors and put in those who would destroy the idea of marriage and the family. Here is the article and the words of the new Monsignor Philip Bourdain, B-O-R-D-E-Y-N-E. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Bourdain his name correctly. Monsignor Philippe Bourdain claims that, quote, theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing today. You see, the church is not in the world, I'm going to restate this, to convert the world, to bring them to heaven. The church is in the world to accommodate the world, to accommodate all their degradations, all the destruction of all that God has done and accompany them along the way to hell. That is what it amounts to. The article reads like so. This was written September 23rd, last month, <clears throat> on the LifeSite News uh, website. Um, weeks after taking his post as new president of the former John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family, Monsignor Philippe Bourdain made a remark, a remarkable statement, in a revealing interview with La Croix International, the English-language daily edited by La Croix, an unofficial daily of the French Episcopate, saying, quote, We theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing today, end quote. That is a diabolical statement. We, I will rephrase that, theologians cannot fail to assert certainties about the family because of the transformation of the heresies, of the degradation that the family is going to today. We are entrusted with the salvation um, of souls not to accommodate them in their heresy. I'll continue. What certainties, quote-unquote certainties, about the family seen from the Catholic point of view? They are definitions, rules of life. So here, let me just say, Monsignor Philippe Bourdain said that we theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing today. 
So LifeSite says, what are certainties about the family seen from the Catholic point of view? And from Monsignor's position, they are definitions, rules of life. They are reflections based on the natural realities and aims of marriage and the natural laws that govern it. They are the result of the scrutiny a scrutiny of the revelation that tells of God's plan for mankind, of the supernatural objective of procreation. This is the church's definition. These are the church's certainties. Forgive me. These are the church's certainties. The certainties about family from the Catholic point of view are the result of the scrutiny of the revelation that tells of God's plan for mankind, of the supernatural objective of procreation, which is to people God's heaven with saints, and of the nature and value of sacramental marriage, which is a reflective reflection of Jesus' love for the church. When St. John Paul II founded the Pontifical Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family, it was clearly and profoundly attached to traditional Catholic doctrine on marriage, acknowledging the existence of absolute moral norms that are always binding and prohibit intrinsically evil acts. Such were the certainties mentioned above. And the fact that they were certainties did not make them uninteresting or rigid in the sense that they could not account for new realities of the day. On the contrary, they were the principles, the supporting walls on which the church could build in order to assess modernity and, if necessary, challenge it with the help of faith and reason, as it did, for instance, with gender ideology, which is a radical negation of the rules of God's creation. When Bourdain, Monsignor Philippe Bourdain, states that, quote, we theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing today, end quote, he is saying in substance that there is no sure ground from which to assess these transformations, and if need be, to condemn them and to show that they are not in accordance with man's true needs and calling. His declaration shows that as a hand-picked new president of what is now the John Paul II Pontifical Theological Institute for Marriage and Family Sciences, Bourdain is fully on board with the revolution that is taking place there. It started with the sudden dismissal of the Institute's head, Monsignor Olivio Melina, a faithful successor of its founder, who was Cardinal Carlo Cafara, in 2019. At the same time, all of the Institute's professors were suspended, not all returned, and under its new chancellor, Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, of homoerotic fresco fame, the door was open to criticism of Humanae Vitae that condemns contraception and to the glorification of Amoris Laetitia in which Pope Francis discreetly welcomed certain divorced and civilly remarried couples to receive the sacraments, including Holy Communion, without intending to change their way of life. This is the destruction, beloved, of all that God has given. There's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break, and we'll take your calls, your emails, 
uh, your text after the second break. Prayer in Time of Affliction Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam, and I am live, and the program is live today, uh, not an encore, and um, I'm just so grateful for all of you who um, stay with us through all the encores and who support the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, um, for whom I am and will be eternally grateful. We are um, looking at an article written last month, published by LifeSite News, uh, written by LifeSite News staff. Uh, titled the new head of the John Paul II Marriage Institute suggests church the church must change its definition of the family. Well, I want to tell you that the church's definition of the family is not man-made. The church is not man-made. It is God-made. It is God who has given the definition of family. No human beings, and it is uh, period unchanging. And so if the church changes its definition of the family, it simply adopts the enemy's uh, destruction of the family. What God has given in marriage, let no man put asunder. And I would say uh, the same thing with doctrine. You cannot change what God has given. No man on earth, not the Pope himself, 
no cardinal, no bishop, no priest has any power to change the faith once delivered to the saints. Revelation ceased with the last apostle, and it is uh, eternal. It is God's word. We have no power to change it. We have the power to sin. We have the power to turn from God. We have the power, the freedom God has given us to lead millions to hell. But that doesn't change the definition of family. It simply changes our position of being faithful sons and daughters on the way to heaven. Um, Monsignor Philippe Bourdain, as the new head of the um, of the Institute, the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family, um, claims that, quote, theologians cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing today. That is the opposite of what God has given us to do. There are certainties. We haven't made them up. They're not based on time or culture. They're based on God's truth. And when the culture deviates from that, we need to assert the truth of God into it, not adopt the culture into the church, which is what has been happening. Um, Monsignor Bodine, the new head of that, um, says... Um, well, let me just say this article said he was the rector of the French capital's famed Catholic University, um, Institute, uh, the Catholic Institute, um, Institute Catholique de Paris for 10 years. His specialty is moral theology. I wish it were. I, I want to say his specialty to destroy is moral theology. That is, how do you, how do you teach moral theology without certainties? He says there are no certainties. We have to change them. Well, then there are no certainties, which means there are no certainties in God, which means truth is not truth. It changes according to our whims or season or sin. Monsignor Bodine's specialty, the article says, is moral theology. He was a quote-unquote expert at the Second Synod on the Family, named by Pope Francis. He has co-authored a book, with one of Jorge Bergoglio's most influential Argentinian mentors, Father Juan Carlos Scanone, who adopted theology of the people from liberation theology. The, the, uh, the writing is called The Divorced and Remarried, What is Changing with Francis? It's all about discernment and accompanying complicated situations, even unto reception of Holy Communion. What did God do throughout, beloved? This is my aside. What has God done throughout the whole Old Testament? He chose his people to be a peculiar people. He didn't take them out of the world. He put them in the middle of the world to be a light to the nations, to the people around them. And though everybody uh, did their own thing and was in uh, sin, they were to remain firm and be a light by being countercultural by being a witness to God, by being his people, living his law. And all of a sudden, now it's about discernment and accompanying complicated situations, which is another way for saying a sinful humanity that will not follow God, that will do its own thing to its own destruction. We are supposed to accompany them. I continue with the article. Bourdain has spoken in favor of a private blessing, for homosexual pairs and suggested that human sexuality 
quote, humans say, these are his words, human sexuality, which is ultimately not very determined, can you imagine, allows for atypical forms and expressions, end quote. Human sexuality, which is ultimately not very determined, allows for atypical forms and expressions, end quote. He has also stated that couples could be left to decide about using contraception or not, and that they could accompany that decision by redoubling their mutual love. This is heresy, complete heresy. This is what the enemy wants, and Satan has succeeded in getting his man to head the, the uh, John Paul II Pontifical um, um, Institute. Now, LifeSide article continues, now that he has taken up his new position as the head of the Institute, whose original aim was to uphold the Church's traditional teachings on marriage and the family, Bordine appears not to have been touched by grace. At 61, he can be expected to hold on to his particular ideology, which is founded on the idea, the idea that we are in an error of change. As he told um, um, uh, Loup Besmond de Seneville in the interview, especially with the pandemic, in which, quote, the family is one of the new frontiers where theologi- theologians must go. Yes, it's not a new frontier. The Satan has been trying to destroy the family since Adam and Eve in the garden. There's nothing new about it. His new tactics, perhaps. Quote from Monsignor Bodine, we are in a moment that is a bit similar to what John F. Kennedy, Kennedy experienced in 1960 when he won the Democratic nomination. At that time, he saw no choice but to take on board a world that had changed at great speed. Similarly, I, this is Monsignor Bodine, head of the Institute, I believe that we are in a similar era of change today. And is it has become our times. It is because our times are changing so rapidly that the church must be more humble before the mystery of the family, he said. Every word of this is heresy. Every word of this is heresy. I continue with the article. Asked whether the church is not already humble enough, Bourdain replied that it has not always been humble enough to recognize that there are important changes in the way families are formed. It's not been humble enough. God's plan from the beginning um, uh, is, is not humble enough. doesn't allow for enough sin, actually. Quote, this is what Pope Francis keeps repeating, especially in the exhortation Amoris Laetitia. This lack of humility, this is Monsignor Bodine, this lack of humility, the church's lack of humility in its teaching, in my opinion, he says, is reflected in the temptation to oversimplify issues surrounding the family and to give ready-made answers. Now, I would ask him, what issues surrounding the family and give ready-made answers? That marriage is a one man and one woman? That a man shall leave his mother and his father and cling to his wife and propagate 
for the building of the kingdom, that they should be faithful to one another, that no one but a marriage, uh, a married couple should have inter- sexual intimacy. Is, is that what is uh, oversimplifying issues surrounding the family? We theologians, he says, cannot continue to assert certainties about the family when we see the transformations it is undergoing. Today, he added, it's undergoing transformations because Satan is on the loose. And God help anyone who backs away from the certainties he has given us. The only path to heaven. The only path to life. LifeSide article goes on to say, what are today's transformations? Cohabitation before or without marriage. The explosion of the number of births out of wedlock in Western countries. Widespread divorce. The denaturation of marriage itself, which is presented as possibly uniting two men or two women. Widespread refusal of procreation. Sexual promiscuity. Promotion by the media and many states. Without saying all these trends are good, Bourdain said, quote, Theologians are researchers, and therefore they draw on the light of tradition, but also on the strength of kerygma, which is the proclamation of Christ alive to families today. Oh my goodness, I, I, I can get nauseous at how the enemy takes the words of our Lord, Lord or certain truths and twists them into the devil's sentences. It is necessary, Bodin continues, to deepen the ways Jesus would look at complex situations or the slowness of young people to choose marriage, adding that the church cannot hide its eyes from the societal transformations we are witnessing as if it ever did. LifeSite goes on to say, it seems as Bordine is lamenting the fact that the church is not changing its language and priorities in the face of these so-called societal transformations. He also proclaimed that he does not have the intention of turning the John Paul II Institute into the Amoris Laetitia Institute, protesting that the teaching of Francis is not reduced to Amoris Laetitiae and that of John Paul II is not reduced to Familiaris Consortio. Each is well within its time, but there is no contradiction between the two. Wrong. Um, There is contradiction. There is truly the official narrative of Pope Francis' innovations. It is the search to implement change while proclaiming that expressions of Catholic doctrine that are clearly modified through such change are in fact acceptable evolutions dictated by changed circumstances. They are not accepted, beloved. They are not God's evolutions. They are the devil's insertion to destroy God's truth to destroy the family, and to destroy you. Cling to the unchangeable truths of the church. It is the only path to heaven, and you must teach it to your family and to your children, dear ones. You must. You are accountable before before God to do that 
and to live these truths. We'll be right back after the break and take your calls, your emails, and your text. Toll free, the number is 1-877-511-5483. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic, has enriched my faith, consoled me during tough times, and made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I'm I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, and for your calls, toll free, the number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Philip in Chicago. Hello, Philip. Hi, Mother. Um, my name's Philip Shaver. I came to Christ several years ago, back in the early nineties. Jewish, ethnically Jewish, like mm. you are. I've been Protestant for a long time. I, you know, I just I, I decided to become Catholic after being Protestant after reading the story about Saint Teresa Benedicta de la Cruz. All right. Problem with Protestantism: there's forty thousand denominations. You got it. I, mean, I was evangelical free church. I mean, in your opinion, do you think? I don't want to name names of powerful people in uh, in the world. Do you think globalist elites are trying to destroy not only Catholicism, but Christianity in general from within? Uh, no question. Absolutely no question about it. And to destroy things from without is one thing, but the issue is the destruction 
of the church from within. We know, Philip, that the gates of hell will never prevail against God's church, no matter what happens, no matter what it seems, no matter how her sons and daughters, the sons and daughters of the church, true sons and daughters, are persecuted and killed. The gates of hell will never prevail against our Lord's church. So we do know that, but there's no question that um, that from without and within uh, the enemy through people, both without and within the church, are looking to destroy the faith 24-7. I think they're trying to just destroy values. When the government becomes God, yeah. the society becomes godless. There you There's go. no absolute right or wrong. It's just what's yeah. morally relative to the people who are in charge of world the governments throughout the world at that time. Whatever is expedient, there's nothing absolutely wrong or right. It's just what they deem that's wrong or right. That's right. And and uh, I, I don't even know if they deem wrong or right anymore because, as you say, um, values have been just thrown out. I think they just do what they want to the point that, um, as evidence with President Biden, uh, they become dictators. We don't have to obey them, but they, they're in a fairy tale land, but they have the power to do certain things, and so persecution is upon us. But I, I absolutely agree with you. They, it is the stru- destruction of all that is good and right and true. And it's, it's extremely tough to be ethnically Jewish and Christian. I mean, people who are ethnically Jewish or Christian get a lot of static from fellow ethnic Jews, you know. I've always had trouble... And with from Catholics. Catholics. And from Christians. Oh, yeah, Gentiles, Catholic yeah. or not, who don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always had a trouble with the concept of ethnic Jewishness because we come from all over the planet. I mean, my right. ancestors came from Russia, Holland, and Hungary. In fact, and mine came from <laughs> Russia and Hungary, so I've got two of your three. <laughs> two out of three ain't That's bad. That's not the bad. Thing is my, my mother's father came from Holland at, you know, during ninth 1915, he had a bad feeling, you know, he fought in World War One. The fact that from the Dutch Army uh, joined... Well, that's America, where Edith Stein was, was martyred. She went to a convent in Holland. She was taken from there. Yep. And when my mother... And you see, my mother's father married my uh, mother's mother, whose great my great great grandma came from Hungary. Mm-hmm. And my dad's people came from Russia. And my mother's mm-hmm. maiden name was Devries, and the old man Moshe said, "Devries, Devries, why are you marrying this Gentile?" But Dutch mm-hmm. Jews have those names like Devries, Worms, right. Anderberg. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, you know, dear my dear brother Philip, uh, my dear Lansman Philip. Um, God's people have been persecuted from day one, uh, from day one, all through the Old Testament and in the New. And now uh, the church is post-Messianic. I'm using the words of that beautiful convert, Roy Shoman. He calls Christianity post-Messianic Judaism. That is, the Judaism spread through all the world in its Messiah, who came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So the church is the Messiah, this is um, Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. Um, 
and the enemy will never stop trying to obliterate God's people. The gospel is to the Jew first, says Paul in Romans chapter 1, and also to the Gentile. And the enemy is also to the Jew first, and also to the Gentiles. If we are, whether we're Jew or Gentile, we are one in Christ now. God has um, broken down the middle wall of um, the middle partition between us, and we are Satan's target. No matter how he's going to get us, we're Satan's target. And there's ignorance, there's fear, but as we grow toward the end of the end times, Philip, it's only going to increase. It's only going to increase. And so transitioning, you're going from being an evangelical to, are you already Catholic? No, Are you I'm in the church? I'm going through RCIA. I'll be, I'll be um, taking the sacrament April 16th. I think that's traditional with Catholicism. I wish there was like a, like Evelyn Wood speed reading course. They could speed it up, but I'm not going to make any static. <laughs> well, now I understand. I personally, um, uh, once I decided to come to the church, was in within six weeks because I didn't go through RCIA, and I had a very beautiful holy priest who was able to um, lead me and make those decisions and receive me into the church. So that's not a normal situation, but uh, God can do it if if he wishes. I hope that your RCIA program is uh, very orthodox and very solid, Philip. I know, it's, it's Opus Day. You can't get any more conservative than that. All right. Um well, then you'll come into the church at Easter, and you're already in. You're already in. If you were to be martyred tomorrow, you would be Catholic by desire. So that it's good. Follow that. Um, and again, um, the enemy will not attack Protestants. Uh, Protestantism got its name from protestism, from those who left the Catholic Church and protested it. Um, and so the enemy is not too keen on destroying them. But you're coming into Catholicism, the very church our Lord established for which he died, you're going to get further attacked without any question. Um, by those who are ignorant of their own history, that salvation is from the Jews, spread to the whole world, and um, from those within the church and those without Philip. And when you do... No matter what it is, answer in peace and in love with a heart of gratitude that God has opened your heart and eyes, if not theirs. That's from the book of Peter. Don't ask me first Peter or second Peter. There you go. That's right. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I have to get... I'm, I mean, I became Christian in a megachurch, which I'm, you know, non-denominational evangelical megachurch, which I'm not going to mention because I don't want any lawsuit. No, but, but I had the same did, path. Uh huh. They didn't do it according to the formula. Major Protestant denominations and the Catholics don't accept it. I was dunked in a giant tub and said, "Do you accept Jesus, your Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior?" And I said, "Yep." But the formula is Matthew sixteen nineteen, I believe. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Were you baptized, Philip? Yeah, I was, but it wasn't. Were you, bapti- were you baptized? Yeah. You were not baptized in the Trinitarian formula of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? 
No, I just said you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your. So they're going to rebaptize me. They're not going to rebaptize you, Philip. They're going to baptize you. If you were not baptized in the Trinitarian formula, you are not baptized. It's not a conditional or rebaptism. It will be a baptism, true baptism, for you. Uh, blessed be God that He's brought you to that. Blessed be God. Yeah. Okay, my dear brother, April 6th, uh, we will pray for you, Philip. God bless you. Be in touch. Let us know how you're doing. We're the same okay. process. I heard you had a colonoscopy. Yeah, that's true. I had one just recently. Thank God. Thank God. Praise Jesus. I didn't have anything. Not even a nine pounds. Um, okay. for your good health. And- I- I thank you for that. And, and my, my colonoscopy was fine. Also, except that uh, my, during the process, my spleen was lacerated as an accident by the surgeon. So that became the complication. But other than that, I'm doing well and I'm healing every day. Okay. God bless you, Philip. Mother, Zygazun, mother. Zygazun, dear Philip. <laughs> for those who don't understand Zygazun, it means be well. Go and be well. Be healthy. Zygazun, Philip. We have Kurt, my friend Kurt from Boston. Hello, Kurt. Hello, Mother Miriam. How are you? All right. Long time no hear from you. Good to hear. Good I to know, speak I've with you. I've been trying to get in, but you're busy. Um, I, think my, I think your friend Ed from Boston is maybe from Arlington, where I'm from. All right. And um, I'm trying to get a rosary going on Fridays at 6, and however we can do it, but to be standing in front of the church for the conversion of Nancy Pelosi and yeah. all the Catholics that are in mortal sin right yeah. now, mm-hmm, uh, we need to do it. Even though China sent out a hypersonic missile That's that right. easily kill the world, yeah. the apathy in the church... We have a spiritual weapon, and we need to use these weapons. You're right. We need to use the sacraments, and we need to tell people the way it is. I know. And I, I'm trying to do it. I'm, I'm trying my, my hardest. You know, you up your rosary game. You up everything. And I, I talk to this to people who are still on the soft Catholicism where, you know, you got to watch what you say. The Amalai says, no, it's time to open your mouth, be loud and proud, say the rosary with some vigor and some strength behind it. I'm with you all the way, Kurt, and live, live the truth, not just speak it, but live it, uh, that our lives would proclaim our faith. Absolutely. I'm with you all the way, Kurt. And the thing I'm trying to say is when I'm saying I'm speaking it, it's, it's, it's to get other people out of their being timid. You know, people are afraid, you know, they're afraid to speak up. So sometimes they need a loud voice. Not that you're going to yell the faith and that's going to save you. No, I'm not saying that. But if you get people to stand behind you and say, you know, okay, this guy's speaking, great. Now we can, you know, because people think 50 people getting together saying the rosary is great out of a church of a thousand. No, there should be. It should be a thousand out of a thousand. I'm with you, Kurt. And one of the man by the name of Edmund Burke years ago said, the only thing needed for evil to prevail is for good men to remain silent. 
right. That's right. right. But I would like to say this. With this pandemic and everything else, we know it's it's evil. We know what it's doing. It's killing the population. Between that, abortion, contraception, homosexual marriage, and everything else, yes, we need to speak it with love, but we need to speak it with truth. That's right. And, and the thing is, is the demonic hates humanity because it represents God. That's right. God's summit of creation, as we all know. So yes. when you close down the church, you close down the sacraments, what you're doing is you're giving evil the strength to to to, to continue to grow into the world. Perfect. The only thing the only thing that restrains evil is the sacrifice of the mass. Confession, communion, baptism, and all the sacraments. Okay, everybody, there's the music for our break. And my beloved Kurt, every word you've uttered, I second 100%. You're speaking pure truth. I love your heart. Um, we've got to go now, Kurt, but God bless you, my dear brother. Keep up the fight. Don't let those who don't ever discourage you. God bless you. And beloved, we'll be right back. And you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483, and we'll be right back. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment for this morning, and we've got a little more than 10 minutes. Again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Our lines are wide open right now. And the toll-free number, one 5483 or email at mother at com. We have an email from Tony who writes, My cousin died last week. He was LDS, Latter-day Saints, Mormon. Is it okay for me, a faithful Catholic, to attend his funeral out of respect for him? The funeral is this Saturday. I've been away from the family for a number of years. Thank you, Mother Miriam, for your solid Catholic teaching of truth, especially during these difficult times. I love you. I listen to you every day. God bless you. Tony, thank you so much. I would not attend that funeral were it me. Um, we have no understanding or assurance that anyone who dies as a Mormon and has not acknowledged the divinity of Christ, which Mormons do not, um, they do not acknowledge the Trinity, the triune nature of God. Uh, they, they teach in their highest echelon that Satan and Jesus were brothers, um, there's much more they teach, and human sacrifice is practiced. It's utterly diabolical. And to attend the funeral of a Mormon is to validate what they believe. I would not. And to somewhat see your cousin off to eternity, and only God alone knows his eternity. We don't know that. But from an, an outward perspective, it it does not look... Uh, we, we have no assurance that it's an eternity that God would... that he would be with God or that God would have. So we can't judge that. We don't know. God alone judges the heart no matter where anybody's from, no matter what they believe. Only God knows that. And God... Many have been converted at the moment of death. I remember, and I've, I've mentioned this story before, told by Father John Harden, that um, someone came to Father Harden and said uh, of someone, a friend or family who committed suicide, and he was an atheist, and he jumped off a bridge into the water below and was killed. And they said, he's in hell. Uh, he died an atheist, and he committed suicide. And Father Harden said, you have no way of knowing that. How long do you think it took between the bridge and his hitting the water. I think they said something like seven seconds. And Father Harden said, you have no idea what God can do or what he might have done in those seven seconds. You do not know the eternity of a soul. We can preach truth. We can preach error. But we cannot ultimately know if someone is in heaven or in hell because God uh, can do what he wishes at the last minute. And the soul it is up to to say yes or no. So we don't know that. But I would not go to the funeral of a Mormon. It is a diabolical, it's a religion of Satan. Many Mormons do not know that. 
many, many Mormons do not know that. Um, and uh, much can be said there, but um, I would not go because you are validating their faith if you go. And you are seeing off your cousin into what could be a very tragic future for him. We have a text from Meg who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I am a catechist for teenagers preparing for reconciliation and Eucharist. Which Baltimore catechism is best? There are many online, but which would you choose? Thank you, Meg. Meg, um, when I wrote, I wrote a, uh, I hate to announce this because it's, it has to be republished. I don't, I think it's out of print. But I wrote a 300-page study guide on the Gospel of Luke and the Jewish roots of our faith. And I used 20 books in writing that, at least 20 books. And my favorite book was a book written in 1908 by a Madame Cecilia, sent to me by a dear friend, out of print, and it was fantastic. And it had two sections a general section on teaching, and the other half, just as thick, was a bonus section for those who want to go deeper. I read the entire book, and I referred to it over and over again for the study guide I wrote. And at the end, I noticed that it was written for high schoolers, high schoolers, college students. Adults don't know their faith today as well as high schoolers and even elementary children did of the past. Don't baby your teenagers. I would get them the catechism explained, the Council of Trent explained by Reverend Sparago. Um, I think that's correct. Um, teach it to them. Uh, he gives them the faith. The Council of Trent is the faith. Um, but he explains it. Now, you can take the new catechism if you want. But that's fine. But the catechism explained teaches the solid faith with explanation and illustrations. Um, don't think that they are too young or scattered or anything for that. What you need to do is be serious and take your time and um, truly help them to understand the faith. If they are preparing for reconciliation and to receive the Lord of the whole earth in the Eucharist, they need to know what they're doing. I have been to First Communions, to confirmations that are utterly, utterly tragic because some children have been through them because their parents want them to, not because they want to. Parents say, well, my child's in confirmation. He's 14, but he doesn't want to be. What do I do? I said, get him out. Don't you let anyone be confirmed who doesn't believe it, who doesn't want to be there. You're teaching them that Catholicism is a hypocritical faith. That you, it's, it's, a, it's an outward, you do the motions, whether you believe it or not. That's the worst thing in the world you can teach your child. Don't be, don't be led by people's opinions of what things look like. If your child doesn't believe it, do not let them be confirmed. I don't care if they're 70 years old before they're confirmed. They need to believe it, to be honest before God, not to lie before God when asked the questions. 
whether they believe it or not. And to receive the Eucharist, I've seen young people go up and their first Holy Communion and their skirts are more than halfway up their legs and they're utterly immodest in their dress. Sloppy, immodest, provocative. I wouldn't let anybody in a church that way. I wouldn't let them walk into the church, let alone be confirmed or receive their first communion. Don't be afraid to teach the faith. Don't be afraid to hold children, teenagers accountable. If you don't, you are accountable for their ruin, for their ruin, because you've just accepted them anyway. You've not taught them respect before God, modesty, the true faith. And you will be accountable before God as a teacher, as a catechist. Okay, now. Um, all right, we have a, another email coming from Denise. Um, let me see. Um, oh, you know what? I just realized the email from Tony, your cousin was, um, the funeral was actually two days ago, October 16th, and I did not get this email in time to give you that guidance. So God leads you. Uh, whatever your decision was, let him lead you from there. God bless all of you. There's the music for our the end of our program, dear ones. Live the faith. Live it as if it is true, because it is. We have a, been given much, and to whom much is given, much is expected and required. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. <laughs>